Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The Maple Leafs have done some things since the last time we jumped on the air. On a little bit of a four-game winning streak here, resting some vets last night, but I'm going to get to the topic du jour right off the hop. It's not what you guys think it's going to be. What do you guys think about Leaf Killer, Stonewaller, Ryan Miller, going to hang up the skates at the end of the season? This guy here who was a thorn in our side for so many years, Sabres, Blues, Canucks, you name it, this guy would always stonewall the Leafs when he was on the ice. And, you know, it's great to see the career he had. I just wish he didn't have such success against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, Josh, what is your first thoughts when you think of Ryan Miller? Uh, I mean, Ryan Miller, like, as soon as you think of him, right, it comes to mind as those years he had with Buffalo, which was obviously he saw some success there. I mean, the guys played 795 NHL games, I think. Um, I mean, he's, he's 10 wins off 400. I know that. So he's had a pretty successful career, but... I mean, he's – I don't know if he'll go to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he'll – if he has the accolades to do that. But, obviously, it's such a successful career when you've almost played – yeah, I'm just looking at it here. He played 794 games. So, that's – that's huge for a goaltender because, obviously, a goalie is not starting every game like a forward does. So, just being able to accomplish that in itself is huge. And, you know, he's just shy of 400 wins. Um, great career for him. Kind of, you know – kind of sucks to see him ended in Anaheim because they're not the best team. It would have been nice, I think, if we could see him kind of go on a playoff run with the team as a backup. But, you know, uh, I'm happy for him. And hopefully he uh, – I could see him maybe going into like a goalie coach role or something after this with uh, maybe with the Ducks. Maybe he heads back to Buffalo, tries to get them back on the tracks. But, you know, congratulations to him on a successful career. For sure. Jamie Anesty, I think you got a few thoughts on Mr. Ryan Miller yourself. I, I definitely do. Uh, we go back to the Olympics, the golden goal by Sidney Crosby on Ryan Miller. So if, if USA wins that game, that goes down as uh, Ryan Miller's best achievement. Um, obviously, Crosby scored in Vancouver. Um, Ryan Miller played with the Vancouver Canucks, so losing on um, the same soil that he played once with the Canucks, uh, probably a little bit defeating, but um, that's it's been talked about all week leading up to Ryan Miller's decision. Um, that golden goal, um, Sidney Crosby scored in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, I believe. So um, that, that goes down, um, in my opinion, as Ryan Miller's um, best, uh, not, not best achievement, but just his best performance. Uh, he, he was, um, he was by far uh, the best goal in that tournament. And besides Ryan Miller, we've got John Gibson being the num- number two guy um, that can maybe help USA down the road winning a, um, 
Olympic gold. So uh, Ryan Miller and John Gibson, two of the greatest American goalies, um, maybe Tom Barrasso back in the day, but um, he's in the top five for sure, 100%. Ryan Miller's been a good goaltender. Yes, he's got more wins in, in the, the ACC, but um, hey, um, like Josh just mentioned, we'd love to see him in a, in a goaltending uh, teaching position um, down the road. But that, when, when you talk about Ryan Miller, that's the number one uh, moment that comes to mind is um, his play in that uh, 2010 Olympics. Uh, he really, he really shined. So. No, he definitely did shine in the Olympics there. The other thing that comes to mind for me is when he fought uh, Johnny Bernier. And if anybody on this is listening, go check out Offside Hockey Talks TikTok, and you can see the uh, the scrap between the two of them there. And he I was, was always a thorn game. on our sides, guys. And, and that's the one thing it was. But, you know, you got to tip your cap to good goaltending. You look at the great goaltenders at least have had to face. Over the time, you've watched the team. And Ryan Miller definitely ranks up there as one of them. The uh, The other thing this week, guys, I know you guys have seen this. It might have been mentioned a time or two here or there. But the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs obviously clinching a playoff spot. And a few of the offside listeners, uh, we have a little thing going on. It's called the old playoff gravy where we throw up the dancing turkey gif shaking his ass in the gravy because that's exactly what the Leafs have done. They've cashed in. The gravy's on simmer. I want to ask you guys, though, you look at this week, where Leafs are already resting guys with Austin Matthews ahead of Connor McDavid by I think it's nine, eight or nine goals for the Rocket Richard. Do you, and I know this is big for Austin Matthews, but you have to think of health and you have to think of the playoffs. Do you allow Austin Matthews to finish out each and every game or do you basically put it on like a goal scoring watch that if Matthews still paces Connor McDavid by say five goals, you keep him out of the lineup a couple of games just to keep him healthy and fresh. Or do you let that young horse just run with it, Josh? Uh, I don't think they have any need to or want to rest Matthews. Um, if you take a look at the schedule, right, the playoffs are due to start, I think, mid-May. Um, and Vancouver, the Leafs finish their season, and then Vancouver still has like a week of play. So they can't actually start the Canadian division playoffs until Vancouver's done. So yeah, I think it's have... after May 19th. Is, uh... Yeah. So it'd so be the like Leafs the twenty second at the earliest. The Leafs would get on the ice for playoffs. Yeah, so they're gonna have a bunch of rest time there. So rest them there. Rest the whole team. Uh, let this guy get into a rhythm. Let him lock in. Like it's gonna be a huge confidence boost if he hits forty. You know, forty one, forty two. Uh, he had, definitely has the capability of doing it. Uh, I am a little concerned about they have a game against the Jets coming up. That could get a little nasty. Um, I, I I don't think they would target a guy like Matthews, but you never know. Uh, but. I don't think they have any intention of resting the guy. I mean, he's on such a hot streak. You don't see the Oilers resting McDavid. Um, and, and these guys, you know, they train together in the offseason. I'm sure some guys are going to want to jump in and join them just looking at the results they've had. But <laughs> for sure, they're, they're competing against each other, right? Like, I know Matthews is like 22 points back of McDavid or whatever. But, you know, Matthews is going to want that rocket and McDavid's going to want that heart. So it's going to be an interesting uh, – interesting – watch seeing how they manage these guys uh, I think the guys you got to rest on the Leafs though it's definitely the older ones like what they did last night I thought was beautiful especially getting to see Sandine and Lilligren play I liked uh, watching Ben Hutton out there just seeing some fresh fresh feet out there and it also gives you a look at your depth right 
Um, but no, that's where the top line guys like Marner, Matthews, Nylander, uh, Johnny Toronto, keep them rolling, get them in a, into a groove because you're going to have some off days coming up between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the depth guys and everybody else getting in the lineup and shaking their legs and seeing what we got there. But Jamie, what do you think? Do you arrest anybody star power wise or you just let them fly out there and keep the confidence rolling? I do agree, though, Josh, just to touch on that Winnipeg game right quick, that uh, that might be a point of contention. Uh, we'll talk about the Adler-Simmons thing in a minute, but where Ehlers got hurt in one of the hits, you wouldn't want them targeting. Not that they would, or they would say they are intentionally, but you never know what goes through a guy's mind when he has an opportunity to line somebody up or not line somebody up, you know, especially when it's in the back of your mind. Some, one of your players got taken down. But, uh, Jamie, what do you think? Do you sit anybody uh, outside of the older group, or do you just keep it rolling and hope everything's good? Josh hit the nail on the head. I I can't see like we've got the Canucks, Canadians three times, the Senators and the Jets. Um, Josh hit the nail on the head. I can't see Matthew sitting. There's there's a race on the line. I know the race doesn't matter to him. Him clenching a playoff spot, him contributing to his team, getting into the playoffs, uh, doing what he can. Um, he's playing. He's playing a hell of a season. He's playing two way hockey defensively and. You know, that goal the other night, um, damn, I forget the team that, that – that, uh, Montreal, I think it was. Yeah, Montreal, yeah, Jake Allen. Um, if he hits, or hits the mark, great. Um, but like Josh said, I don't see him sitting. Um, nobody in the next five games is going to – I know there's, there's guys on the, the fence, you know, maybe might hit him or, you know, maybe Austin – Austin uh, – Austin Watson. I, yeah, Austin Watson might give him a little bit of a jolt, but I don't see anything really affecting his his uh, game. And Keith is, Keith wants uh, to keep the ball rolling. So I, I think Matthews uh, keeps going for the next five games. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it on, on that uh, on that comment. But um, Well, let's you know, dive we, into the, uh, the Edler <coughs> thing then, to where we're talking about yeah. retribution and things. Yeah. Um, last night, obviously, you see uh, Wayne Simmons. And there's a lot of people out there saying that Wayne Simmons, you know, didn't want to do this or felt pressures or had to do it. I don't know if you guys watched the preceding play, um, you know, leading up to that fight. But it didn't seem like someone who was uh, tepid or didn't want to do it. He was definitely grinding out Edler along the boards and talking to him the entire time. You know, like it was a UFC match and he was grinding elbows off his face, trying to get him to engage. Uh, that's what I saw there. He was aggressive with the stick, aggressive along the wall. Uh, the two of them got out to the front of the net and that's when it happened. Obviously, Edler's not a fighter and people are saying, well, maybe you should have sent somebody else from Vancouver to do the work, but nobody else was stepping up to answer the bell. And Simmons, this is what he was brought in for, to hold guys accountable when things like this happen. And you know Hyman was somewhere watching, clapping, you know, with a smile on his face because they're standing up for one another. And for so long, this isn't, hasn't happened. And Josh and Jamie, I brought this up to you before. Remember when other teams were taking liberty, not only with our players, but hell, our captain, Dion Phaneuf, firing pucks at him, and nobody would go, you know, stand up for him or answer the bell. So to see Simmer do that last night, huge for me, for one. But for two, just the way that Simmons went about it, he, you know, handed it to, to Edler. Edler apparently didn't like it and the Vancouver Canucks didn't like it because of who he was. 
But at the same time, if you're going to throw at your, your knee and you're going to knee somebody like that, which it was blatant, you got suspended for it, you better be ready to answer the bell. And, you know, you look at the uh, Vancouver media and other guys saying, oh, you know, it's toxic masculinity and, you know, this, that, and the other stuff. I look at it like this. That's what hockey has in it. It's policing the game the way that it needs to be done. And you want to talk about codes and he had no fights. Well, he didn't have to drop his gloves. Simmons could have dropped the gloves and got the two-minute roughing minor and whatever and probably been suspended if he threw knuckles. But he dropped the gloves because he knew that's what had to be done. So I earned a little bit of respect for Edler in that regard. But I'm wondering for you guys, do you see that last night? Hey, Josh, I'll get you to start first. Yeah. Do you see Wayne Simmons not wanting to do that and feeling pressured to do it? And B, do you think Vancouver should have sent somebody else to do that work? I mean, I mean, let's take it back to that, that Edler hit. As soon as he hit Hyman, I'm like, oh, boy, you know, this is going to be bad. I'm surprised a fight didn't happen that game. But um, – as for the fight last night, like I mean, we've all been watching hockey for years now, and it's just something that happens. I can't explain it. I play. I still can't explain it. Um, but if someone takes a run at one of your plays, you're you're answering for it either that game or the next one. And I mean, I I don't I I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like I'm seeing on Twitter this morning and on uh, on TSN uh, Vancouver, they're like yelling about how they broke the code and all that. Like guys, let's get over ourselves here. Simmons hit him with like three or four punches. He put an ice pack on his face and he was back on the ice. It's not like he decapitated him center ice. He, he was fine, right? Like, yeah, get over yourselves. And I mean, maybe it's probably because that's the most exciting part of Vancouver's season this year. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, get over it. Uh, he, he threw a dirty hit. He had to answer the bell. He did. Um, he turtled like three seconds into the fight anyway. They weren't throwing knuckles, like he said. So, I mean, Simmons probably didn't feel bad. Um, I saw a couple tweets that he was yapping at him and staring him down in warm-up. So I think Simmons knew, like, you know, I'm going to spark for the team here. Let's, you know, send a message that if you want to mess with us, then we're going to mess back with you. And I I don't think it was directly a message at at Vancouver. I mean, the other Canadian teams are watching this saying, hey, you want to take a run on one of our stars, that's fine. But we're going to send our guys over the boards. And, you know, it might not be a fight, but it could be a big hit. It could be a, a face wash after just like saying, hey, don't do that. And it makes me think, right, like with this Winnipeg game coming up, maybe you do sit some of your stars, not necessarily Matthews or Marner, but, you know, you might see, uh, you know, Spezza sit or Thornton sit or uh, a couple of those other guys, and maybe you bring in Sabrin just for a little uh, a little reassurance there. So it's also getting in the playoff mindset because this Leafs team in past playoffs, I don't know if soft's the correct word, but they've been outgrinded, I would say, uh, you know, yep. especially in the net in front of the corners. And if, you got to get into that mindset early. You can't go into game one saying, okay, now this is what we're going to do. Use this l- little bit of runway here and start amping up and saying, okay, this is how we want to play in the playoffs. And it's perfect with these games against Montreal coming up because that's who you're playing in the first round. I mean, that's just my thoughts on it, right? No, for sure. Jamie, what do you think? I'll just, I'll just provide you two gentlemen with a stat. Edler had his first fight last night. It was his very first fight. You can't even call it a fight. You're, you're right. He turtled. It was, it was a man. I've seen better fights in novice. Like that was terrible. Sixty-four fights for Wayne Simmons. Chatfield was on the X. They, the days of Rick Rippin, all them guys that Vancouver used to have, those days are over, right? Yeah. Vancouver doesn't doesn't really have a guy. Maybe in Utica they might sure like 
in 2000s and in the 1990s, you would have called the guy up from the AHL. You can't do that now because it's 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 a COVID year. You can't just bring guys up to 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 uh, square off with Wayne Simmons, right? I talked to someone this morning that that knows Simmons quite well. In the last number of years, he's been on the Flyers or wherever he was. He saw the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was no pushback. There was no nobody grinding it out. Nobody like yes, we had Rose Hill and and Parrot and all them guys, McLaren. But those days are over. The guy that sit, we're not paying a guy to sit on the bench and get a minute and a half of ice time. That those days are over. So Wayne Simmons is on this team, and we talked about it this week with Jen and, and Antonia. This the the grittiness of Joe Thornton. Okay, he's understanding. He's only got nine points. He's got to now find a new game. He's got to start dropping the gloves or pushing around. Like he he look what he did to Ehlers. I love Ehlers. I watched him here in Halifax. I don't mind that kind of stuff. If and that's what, I, that's, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see Thornton yeah. fight. He's 41. Like, I don't want to make 100%. Sure. I don't he care what he, someone's skin. He did what he did to Ehlers. Now, look what he, look what happened. I'm okay. If Ehlers can't play in the National Hockey League, go back down to playing whatever, beer league or whatever. Ehlers is now out for the season. Jets are going to make the playoffs. And they're probably not going to have Ehlers for the rest of the playoffs or during the time they're in the playoffs. That's what we need. Joe Thornton. Okay, he got the nine points. Don't bitch and complain that he's not effective. He was effective last week, and look what he did to Ehlers. Prime example. Look at Simmons, right? So it's 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 probably most likely. And I I continue to watch the '79 series, Montreal and Toronto, to get comparisons. And they had tough guys on each side. It was a different period, but I'm guaranteeing you guys we're going to see a Montreal Toronto first round playoff series and that has not happened since 1979 so if you don't want to compete with the Toronto Maple Leafs start getting guys that can step up to Wayne Simmons and now you did mention Josh TSN some guys it's like there's there's clean hits in the National Hockey League and they just turn around and they start fighting at center ice to, because the other team feels like okay the momentum's on that team side because they just rocked buddy in the in the center of the ice we've got to turn around now and fight the guy to gain the momentum back those and it's unfortunate because days of fighting are they yes there's fights but it, it's not not happening as much as the old days so teams have to come and they got to step up and they got to fight edler hit zach hyman it was nobody else's business or nobody else was sitting there saying oh my god we can't let Edler fight. He's got to pick. He's got to fight his own battles, right? People are like, well, that wasn't Edler's business. Edler didn't have to step up to Simmons. Yes, he did because he hit Zach Hyman, whether it was dirty or not. He had to step up and he had to make sure that okay, I I did what I did to Hyman. I've got to step up. I don't care if I get my head knocked off. I've got to step up. He's, well, it's answering the bell, else? right? You look at hundred uh, percent. You look at the other thing too with uh, with to Chuck there, right? when he went after Cassie and the first time they didn't scrap and then, you know, the code of it or whatever, they fought the second time, you know, to Chuck and Cassie and finally dropped the mitts and settled their business. And that was it. You know, those things do happen. You're right, Jamie. It does have to be the guy I think that does it, but sometimes there, there are teammates that'll jump in, you know, Wayne Simmons. Oh, Bo, sorry. Bo Horvat, the captain was not going to step up to Wayne Simmons. Right. People criticize Bo Horvat right now as being the captain. Why didn't you step up for your teammates? You're the captain. 
Paul Horvath's not going to get beat to crap. Like, he wouldn't have won that fight against Wayne Simmons. So even to, even to blame Horvath, the team captain, to say, hey, why didn't you step up for your teammate? No, you've got to – 100%, James, you've got to answer the bell. You're in the National Hockey League. Like, give give your head a shake. Like, don't what? don't don't blame Horvat for, you know, ask Quinn Donovan, a true Vancouver Canucks fan. He said it himself this morning. Don't expect your captain or your assistant captain or someone else to step up for someone else's uh, battle or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. No, no. I get you. I get you. No, let's shift gears a little bit here now. The good thing we've seen over these past four games is the team is clicking you know, the power play, it's not hot, but it is scoring goals. It's not ice cold anymore. The PKs come around as well. It seems like the Leafs are heating up, but right now I'm really interested to see, like last night I was excited to see what Hutton can do, Lilligren. I'm really interested in the uh, the evolution of Sandine as well. Um, Josh, for you, you look at these guys coming in, and Sandine's a guy I'm really excited for, and a lot of people are saying, oh, he, he makes Morgan Riley expendable. I don't think so. You want to make sure you have a lot of depth. And for once, the Leafs have a lot of depth here. And, you know, the old saying from Lou Lamorello, if you have time, use it. They have time with Morgan Riley under contract, and they have time with Rasmus Sandy on his entry-level deal. So use that time. Grow these players, see what you have, keep it rolling. But I was excited to see Hutton. I was excited to see Sandine. Lilligren, for whatever reason, I don't think he fits this mix this year. I do think he will be in the mix. Um, you've seen today Robertson and Marinson went down in the Marlies, but I look at this, uh, the players coming in and I ask you, Josh, who are you most excited to see down the stretch here, get the full shot and not earn themselves a roster spot? Cause they definitely could play themselves on, but you know, get themselves the next man up spot when the playoffs are going and someone's banged up and can't go. Who are you excited uh- Rasmus Sandin, like this guy's a, a stud. He was, I've been so impressed with this game. Um, I mean, even the fact that he hasn't played much hockey because he had that, I think it was like a broken foot or a broken ankle, but. Yeah, it's a broken foot. Yeah, he, the way he's, he slows the game down in a way that none of the, another our, none of our other defenders can really do. Um, and you see guys on the team talk, I'm like, yeah, when he has the puck, everything just kind of calms down and he's, he's still a young guy and, once he gets some proper NHL experience, not to say the experience he isn't getting now is proper, but like playing against big teams like Colorado, Vegas, Boston, you know, the, the big boys in the league, this guy's going to explode. And I like what they're doing with him, throwing him the, these last couple games here, resting other guys. And honestly, right now he's playing in his way onto a roster spot for this playoff run because the way he's just – calming down that back end and I was excited last night to see him on power play one unfortunately we didn't get a, a power play but this guy it, it's kind of hard to describe his style of play because I can't really compare him to anybody else just because of the way he's sort of quarterbacking the breakouts you know he's always the the last guy up the ice but he's not afraid to jump in if he needs to and it's just so smooth and relaxing to watch. Like I remember the days where and it wasn't that long ago, like we would get a call up for a defenseman. And it's like, Oh, here comes Marty Marinson again. Nothing against Marinson, but you need, <laughs> no, and I know you mean, you no, know, you need more depth than that. Right. And it's just, well, we finally have it though. That's the good thing. Right. I mean, you got yeah. Ben Hutton, you got Timothy Lilligren, you got Rasmus Sandin, Callie Rosen, you got Mac Hollowell, you got all kinds of different names that you can go through before you even get to Marty Marinson anymore. And, the unfortunate right. part, guys, too, is uh, 
from what Bob McKenzie said, it doesn't sound like we're going to have uh, Zach Bogosian back within those four weeks they were talking about. Seems like it's going to be a lot longer. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, you have the defensive depth. I mean, last night I, I, I was off Twitter for a little bit because I was doing some school stuff. So I read uh, the Leafs pushed their lineup out, and I saw defensive pairings. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Where is everybody? And then I scrolled down a little bit and saw they were resting guys. Um, so I thought there were some injuries and I saw they were resting, but it, it was, once I saw that, I was like, okay, this is a smart move. Let's see how it goes. You know, this could be a mess, but you know, that's what happens when you clinch a playoff spot, right? You're, you're allowed to, you know, rest guys, get people in and see what you have. And I liked that they gave Lilligren some ice time. I liked that they gave Sandine some ice time, you know, Ben Hutton looked okay. Um, but it, it was, it's just a nice refreshing feeling knowing that you have guys who can come up and play and teams do that i think it was pittsburgh when they won the cup they use like 13 defensemen in one of their playoff runs so you do need to be able to do that and i think this team does have the capability of doing it you know you don't have a bunch of guys who are in the top two pairing but you have guys who can fit in on your bottom four so you know what do you think nice uh, what, do you, what do you think jamie who's the guy that you're excited to see obviously we're stroking sandine here and you know give him the tummy sticks but is there somebody else that gets you really excited for this run and that you think might be in the uh, the lineup here? Well, Josh just mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had the 13 defensemen. You got to think too. They had Mark Recchi and they added Bill Guerin. So I've been I've been going back, um, looking at some tapes from well, Sportsnet old games and similarities to that team. They had Guerin and Mark Recchi. Now we've got Thornton and we've got some veterans. So. You're absolutely right. Like we've got, I'm, I love what I saw out of Ben Hutton last night. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not uh, just saying this because Clark Monroe's our, one of our friends, but I, I tweeted it out last night. What happens when, when uh, Riley Nash is available? Does, does Adam Brooks still see the top or sorry, does Adam Brooks still see the bottom six? No. We maybe put do we okay, so um that was a question I was gonna ask later. Maybe just sit him. Um he doesn't have playoff experience, so it's okay. Um and just to be clear too, like I there was um some uncertainty from Leaf Nation. The reason that um from what I saw this morning, the reason that Robertson went down to the minors, because he's played his nine games. They don't wanna wait. I don't know how all that works. But they sent him back down, and he can actually come back for the playoffs. So yeah, you can. Um, yeah, yeah. So people tuning in—that's the—that's the reason that uh, Robertson is now in the minors, so he doesn't play more than ten game, nine, ten, nine or ten games. But um, really, really excited to see what Nash can bring. Um, I know he's still got that lower body injury. Um, really like what Brooks is doing, but it's just unfortunate numbers are gonna. Um, take over and Nash has got experience. We've got to really have guys um, with two or three games before the playoffs play, then they're playoff ready. Um, but as far as like who I'm excited about, love what Brooks has been doing. Um, didn't really see much of the Leafs last night. I was uh, too busy watching my buddy Sam Bennett tear it up for the Panthers. So uh, to be really honest, that's what I was kind of going back and forth. But um, what I what I saw from Ben Hutton really really like his game. And you're absolutely right, Josh. I've watched those games, the the three Stanley Cups for Pittsburgh, and they had guys like Garen and and um, that looks like got Jeff Carter. So you've got to have that playoff experience to really. Um, push your team in, into the, the final round, right? So, um, yeah. and last night, even on Twitter, 
Sandy and TJ Brody. Man, that was a sexy group, man. I don't know what's going to happen when uh, Riley comes back. Like, what happens? Um, because there was uncertainty all year with Riley and Brody matched together. <laughs> I don't know how you how do you uh, take that apart now with with uh, Brody and and Sandine. Like <laughs> that was a dynamite uh, dynamite group. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting five games here left in. It, it goes the month back of to. May, uh... so. To what, you know, friend of the show, Terry Koshans and Dave Alter as well. Yeah. You know, you try these things, right? You put players with players because you know injuries are going to befell a team, especially during the playoffs. And you guys know this off by heart. You know, what you want to do right now is you want to get continuity through your lineup. So that's why Joe Thornton was probably back up with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, just to re-familiarize that and make sure it's still, you know, copacetic. They know how to play with each other. They can still vibe. Same thing with uh, last night you saw with Brody and Sandine. You want to make sure that you have players that you can plug and play if you need to and have the familiarity and the comfort level to play between those guys and bounce off of each other. So you're going to see these kind of things happening right now, but that's just to make sure guys still have the familiarity, not just from practice, but in game reps to make sure that if you need to put a guy somewhere during a game, because God forbid Riley goes down or Muzzin goes down or whoever, you can plug and play and put a guy in that spot and you know what's going to happen and you know what to expect for the results. I mean, that's why you're probably going to see line blender a little bit from, from Sheldon Keefe because he's going to want to make sure that he has different options for each and every scenario that may befell the team, whether it's Matthews goes down, Tavares, it doesn't matter. You know, whoever it is, they want to have somebody next up. But here's the, the fun thing about last night. So we always talk about internal competition and the Leafs haven't had it for so long. Now you have Adam Brooks in the lineup. He's doing really well. You got Riley Nash coming back from his injury. That's coming too. But here's the thing. Pierre Ingvall obviously doesn't like the media coverage about how he got shunted out of the lineup. Doesn't like the fact that it appears the coach has uh, put him in the doghouse. He gets the lineup last night. I don't know about you guys, but before when he was a regular in the lineup for a little while, I didn't start to see him too much towards the end. It was almost as like he was just guy. He was just another body in a leash uniform. Last night, he was hitting. Last night, he was grinding for the puck. Last night, he was competing hard. He scored that goal, much like the one that was taken back from him earlier in the season. This is kind of things you want to see from this team. You want guys that are able to be the next man up and come in and instantly contribute. And you're getting to see that here. So that was one thing I really liked. But before we uh, – Wrap this up here, guys. We've got about 10 minutes left to go on this one. Uh, I want to ask you both. You got Jack Campbell right now, who has absolutely been stellar. He stumbled a little bit, but he found his way. Maybe between the years, he's coming along a little bit better. You have Dave Riddich, and then you have the mystique, we'll call it, of Freddie Anderson practicing with the team and getting ready. I have my answer. I'm going to answer after you guys, but when it comes to the playoffs, and even the last couple of games of this season, Josh, I'll get you this first, Jamie, you second. Do you put Freddie Anderson in a couple of games towards the end of the season, and do you allow Freddie to reclaim that net to start the playoffs, or do you ride the hot hand that is Jack Campbell? Uh, it's a tough situation because you don't know what Freddie has right now. Obviously, he can't 
you know, there's a huge difference between practice and playing. He is practicing, and I don't think he would be practicing if they didn't have any intentions of putting him into games. Um, like he, he's been practicing for a long time too, like 60 to 90 minute sessions on the ice, which is a good sign. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him start Saturday. Uh, I think that would be a nice spot for him in there because then you still have games after that. But if he doesn't play before the first game of the playoffs and you put him in game one, that's a dicey situation there because yeah. you can't, you know, you need that first win. That game one is so important just to get the momentum going. Um, you know, obviously Hutchinson and Riddich aren't going to start in the playoffs. So if it's not Freddie, then it's going to be Campbell. And, you know, I'm comfortable with either guy. Uh, but if, obviously if Freddie shows up and just lets in five beach balls in the first period, then, you know, maybe go with Campbell. What do you think, uh, Jamie? Well, I know I keep I – keep, instead, of, instead of me diving into what ifs, I've kind of used this um, scenario. You, you go back to teams that I know Drake Allen didn't have an injury. He was just playing crappy. They go with Jordan Biddington. He's, he turned it around, helped, helped turn it around for the St. Louis Blues around Christmas time. Obviously, we know what happened there. They win the Stanley Cup. But I, I've, I'm a goalie. I've talked to many goalies over the last couple of weeks. Like we, and we've always having conversations about this. And, you know, if you go go with Jack Campbell, like Josh said, if, I don't know the exact timetable. It's a knee injury. Like, I've talked to goalies that have knee injuries, and it's, it, he could be back Saturday. He could be back next week. He, he, he may not be back at all. But he is practicing. So that's a very good sign. But just go with Jack Campbell. Put him in, like, there's, I don't know if there's back-to-backs. I know we've got five or six games left, but I know there's lesser teams on the horizon. There's the Senators. Maybe put – we talked about this Monday. Maybe put Jack Campbell in – sorry, Anderson on versus Senators or a lesser team. Like, um, I wouldn't put him in against the Jets or a high-powered offense that, that's – uh, heating up before the playoffs. Put him in a game where it's a lesser competition. Flames, Vancouver, whoever we've got left, left that's a lesser team than this. maybe there's three games against the Canadians. Put him in one of those games. Yeah, Montreal test can't score test. anyway, so put him in there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So give him a test, or put him against the Senators. Who who really knows? But um, I don't know the exact timetable. Nobody, people know but they're not really, they're not obviously saying anything, you know, um, people that practice like that I've talked to, they're not saying anything either, even though they've heard some diagnosis, but for us, um, we don't know. So, uh, but you do want to see him in a game or two before the playoffs. Like, like Josh said, don't throw him to the wolves first Montreal or the jets in the first game. He's obviously, it's, it's going to be five or six goals on 10 shots. Like it's, it's just, he's not in, he's, He's not in game shape right now. So he's got to play a, a game or two before the playoffs. But to, to be honest, um, I'm looking past – I'm looking over the horizon right now. I'm uh, – I don't know what to bet on this, but definitely not betting my house. i definitely like to see Jack Campbell play game one. doesn't matter if it's Edmonton or if it's Montreal or the Jets. Um, you know, he's capable – he's capable if it's – Against the Oilers, and it's against Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. He's definitely capable of winning a game versus any of the top top three teams alongside Toronto in the top four. Hundred percent. Well, here, this, this is what I'll say about Freddie Anderson, guys, because we're getting close to the wire here. 
is you look at the the way it's been down for the past four years. Freddie Anderson's carried the mail. He's carried the bacon. He's brought it all home. Um, you know, the Leafs have relied on him. He's bailed them out the past year and a bit. Obviously, he hasn't been the Freddie of old. But if he's had the rest and he's back to snuff and he's ready to go and he's chomping at the bit and he gets into two games and he looks like Freddie Anderson that we've come to love, not the ghost of that we've come to uh, expect, you know, the one that we fell in love with that was making the highlight real saves and can steal the bacon and do what he needs to do to get you into the playoffs. You take that Freddie Anderson and you take it all the way to the bank. You put him in game number one and you let him roll. You thank Jack Campbell for his service because that's what he's here for. He is the backup to Freddie Anderson. I know Jack Campbell will be absolutely ecstatic just to be a part of the squad. And here's my caveat to that, guys. If Freddie Anderson jumps in the net, game number one, okay, high-pressure game, and gets absolutely shelled, then you go ahead and you give the reins to Jack Campbell. But he has earned every single right in my book to be the starting goaltender for the playoffs if he's healthy and ready, and if he gets a couple games in, obviously. You don't want to throw him to the Wolves, but you definitely want to have him up the tempo. I think the last two games of the season would be his, just to get him ready and in the flow, and you go game one, like I said. If he gets shelled, then you know where you're going. You know who you have, you throw in Jack Campbell. But right now, I think Freddie has not only earned the spot, I think Freddie deserves the spot. And Josh, to touch on what you said, you don't have a guy practicing this hard and working this hard to not use him during the playoffs. So Freddie will be between the pipes, and I think he will be the goaltender starting for the Maple Leafs in game one. And I'll throw one more wrench in everybody's plans because we're going to wrap this up. I don't think it's going to be the Montreal Canadiens. I think we're going to be facing the Calgary Flames in round one. I think oh. the Canadians falter, oh, and the Flames are jumping in. I don't know about that one, but we'll oh, see. They're, four, that, they're four points out. They're four points out. They seem like a hotter team. They seem to be better between the years than the Canadians right now. And the Canadians, just for whatever reason, cannot find a way to win. And look at all of the regulars out of the lineup. And now you're going to be doing it without Jonathan Duran for the rest of the year. You know, as well as a player that's an offensively gifted kind of guy. Tatar's banged up and all the young guys. As much as there's talk about them coming along, you're going to rely heavily on those guys. And, of course, Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson. I mean, it doesn't seem to be leaning in the right way for the Montreal Canadiens. The door is wide open for the Calgary Flames. Wide open. Yeah, Way to to drop a bomb on the very tail end of a conversation. Wow. That's what you do, buddy. You leave him wanting to come back for more. That's why we'll we'll have Josh back around the old campfire here in a little bit. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is Friday. We're going to enjoy the weekend. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. 